Welcome to the Eyes of Indigo with your infinitely curious hosts, Iris Carter and Margaret Ross Sears. Please like, rate, and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. More information available at facebook.com slash eyesofindigo or at iriscarter.com where you will find a link to the Eyes of Indigo podcast. Uh, ghost stories. That's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, that ghost in the corner. Um, so, so uh, one of the stories that I was going to share with people, kind of get you in the uh, mode here, and it's a, a lesser known story, is, go over here, get out from the tree. Uh, <laughs> Three branches um, up your nose, right? Yeah, really. They, I used to be, and I'm still kind of associated with it, but the, the, a paranormal investigative team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the team, and it was one of the prominent ones in North Carolina. Um, we're actually affiliated with TAPS. The uh, ghost hunters, you know, they you everybody back then wanted to be TAPS affiliated because it gave you some credibility, yeah. right? Right. And uh, hello, Tara. Um, so anyway, uh, I said, but I knew that Greensboro College had hauntings because my ex-husband uh, worked in the library and had had numerous experiences there. And uh, I had heard about stuff in the main building, the original building that started before everything grew around it. And I mean, he heard somebody singing opera in the stacks um, one day when he he was there by himself and and another professor had come to do some research and she was back in the stacks where they have um, all the books. And they heard this opera singing coming from above. And when he went to investigate, and she and her family were in there, and they're all everybody's looking up, trying to figure out looking what up the stairwell. Yeah, looking up the stairway, trying to figure out where's this opera singing coming from. And he went up, opened the door to the roof, and it stopped. And even the housekeeping staff did not like going in by alone. They told stories. They would like, if they'd get there early in the morning and clean up something, well, we just get in here and do our stuff and get out as quick as we can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but the big thing at um, the college was that O'Henry, William Sidney Porter was from Greensboro. His mother had been a teacher at the college and his dad worked at the drugstore nearby and his mom passed away she got consumption or tuberculosis one of those anyway right um and he was still he was like a young teenager and he'd hang around the college getting a lot of fights with the uh with guys the would hang around yeah because it was an all-girls school back then but the guys would kind of you know hang around hang and, out cat house right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sure. um yeah. And uh, then he he got married and he moved away and like he moved to Texas because his wife had lung problems and he ended up getting arrested for embezzlement at one point. Um, it wasn't until 
his wife had died and he moved to New York and was destitute and alcoholic and started writing his stories to magazines to make money that he then he became famous more famous after he died than when he was alive right and so what what happened is what had happened was people would like there were a couple of stories that i heard before we did the investigation one was that um a bunch of students this was you know later on like in the 80s a bunch of students were rehearsing for a play and they were actually doing gift of the magi which o henry wrote mm-hmm. and some of the actors after rehearsal were kind of and this was in the big main building and they were gathered outside the theater and they were talking about o henry and they were talking about how destitute he was he was an alcoholic and he'd been arrested and yada 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 the downside right all the lights went out mm-hmm. <laughs> and somebody said y'all can't talk about him he gets pissed off and he does stuff like that uh-huh. Uh-huh. and evidently there have been other stories that have been passed along so they said okay so they leave and they're telling some people in the dorm about what had happened so the people in the dorm start talking about it. Oof, all the lights go out. <laughs> he followed them. Well, yeah. I told this to, and I'm managing the the investigation that we're doing at at the college, and we set up equipment on the third floor of the building, of the main building, because there had been some sightings there. Um, we also knew about the theater stuff and all that. And so we were going to set up cameras or did set up cameras. We had like four cameras set up and a computer. Um, and we left to go investigate at the library. We go to the library and I was on one aisle of books and somebody else was walking up the other side and there were some people on the far end. And as the person came to the end, we both heard something go, wham. And we looked and there was a book perfectly tinted, Ooh. you know, like in a tent shape, sitting on the floor that had come off the shelf and had just landed on its triangularly. edges. Yeah. Triangularly. And the people at the other end turned around and looked. And it was like, and we checked, there was no way the guy had hit the shelf to make it fly off. To make the it other fall. Side. Yeah. It flew off. It, it yeah. flew off the shelf. And so it was like, okay, so we, you know, we're really cool. And we, you know, did some other stuff and had a few other iffy things happen. But that was really out there. Do you guys, did anybody write down what book it was, the title or anything? I did, but I can't remember. It didn't seem right. to be significant. And it probably would have taken a lot of research to see. But sure, at the sure. time, it was like, why is it open to this? You know, we thought about hey, that. But yeah. I don't remember being able to find anything right. in depth on it. That's all right. So we finished up. Yeah, we spent spent about an hour at the um, library. And in the meantime, we heard stories about soldiers being seen on campus, uh, Confederate soldiers, because it was a Confederate hospital at one time. Um, One soldier in particular kept showing up with a dog and people would actually talk to him. You know, are you dressed Uh, up and all this, you know, and 
he'd go off and walk down the railroad track or whatever. And, you know, all kinds of stuff happens on campus. So we go back in to check the footage on the third floor. And I had told the security on the first floor that we had cameras up there and the police not go up there. And they knew not to go up there. They didn't go up there. Nobody else was in the building. We are looking, the guy who owned the equipment is looking and he starts getting frantic. And I said, what's wrong? He said, this stayed on about five minutes and it's like everything's fried. He said, I don't know what happened. This stuff's new. It shouldn't be like this. Wow. And there were a couple standing off to the side. And I said, did y'all talk about O'Henry? I oh. told you not to talk about O'Henry. <laughs> and they said, yeah, we did. And I went, it's their fault. <laughs> O'Henry fried our Absolutely. computer. <laughs> He already knew how to do that electric stuff. So, yep, he went through and shot it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. First-hand experience. Yeah. Oh, and that just, is and really it's like, cool. you know, all, every hair yeah. on your back. You know, it's like, <laughs> Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So. It shows that he was, he was a really temperamental person is what it's showing. And that he has no problem, you know, shooting back at something that, that still irritates him. He's still stuck between worlds. They're showing that he's not, you know, the intuitive read is what I'm saying. Is I know you were there, but from this, you know, you know, a couple of steps back, second, you know, secondhand listener to what you just said. I'm listening to the information. He's not alone. There's more than one ghost entity or spiritual entity or whatever you want to call it associated to that spot, but they kind of treat him like the leader. And, and then they, and they do littler stuff such as the book smacking that you saw. That would be a good example of it. The opera singing, what they're showing me there is something similar to what I mentioned to you before the show started, there's a portal near the top of that stairwell. And when a human walks through it or walks by it, it has a closing effect on that particular one. That doesn't mean it happens at all portals, but on that one, it does. It shuts it off. And for some reason, <clears throat> and I haven't read into it because I don't want to burn up all our time, but for some reason, somebody on the other side left it open and you and the librarian and the professor that came to visit that night could hear the music coming in from the other side. And that was a boo-boo. That was a mistake. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody meant to do that. You and raised it up and left it open. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you, you left the door open, go close it. The humans are coming. <laughs> Well, get in there and shut the door. <laughs> and, yeah. and they did. Yeah, his energy as a human, because, you know, humans put off EMP waves, especially from our heart and secondarily from our brains. Um, that energy pulse, you know, reacted the doorway, the doorway, the entities attached to it <clears throat> could be felt, could be sensed. And they went, whoops, not our guys. Who 
<laughs> Sorry, not one of us. <clears throat> and that shut it down. Um, you could probably get that portal to open again if you wanted to, because they seem really proud about opening it. <clears throat> They're not shy. They they like it. They like doing that. And you know, something else we did learn about the colleges, it's on a slate of granite. There is this huge field of granite under the college, which acts like an antenna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's yeah, that's one of them. We did a Absolutely. geology study on it to to see. And it was yeah. That's pretty cool. It's it just and, it, and it's a neat atmosphere. I mean, I could just walk across campus and, and then I wasn't as in tune as I am now and could feel stuff. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. I wonder if O. Henry cool. Hangs also, when you were talking about that, made me think if, if he doesn't sort of hang too because of the lateness of his fame and it's like, it's a way for him to enjoy it and, and i'm not saying oh he's just sitting back and going oh look at me i'm famous but <clears throat> more of a, like like energy here keeps him sort of pretty keeps him present yeah. and yeah. so he gets some sort of gratification out of that yeah keeps him in the collective consciousness or active yeah in the human, in the current modern, in this dimension that he apparently enjoyed. Or and, and we've got a hotel named after him again. And got a hotel, yeah, exactly. It's torn down, but now we got it again. And his exhibit's still in the museum. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's possible he's enjoying the notoriety and making sure it stays stirred up. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that fits the energy type of profile he has. Uh -huh. uh, very egocentric and needs the um needs and constantly needs the uh the appraise you know the praise and the uh in energy input from uh, adoring fans from adoring fans hey janine <laughs> janine has joined us yeah, yeah. Look, uh, janine janine came in so we'll do this to her yay there we go <laughs> <laughs> your name up in lights janine <laughs> yeah. oh, oh. I do Tara too, you know. Hey, there you go. Tara gets one too. Hugs back to you, Tara. Yeah, I'm gonna play with everybody's names tonight. There, there you go. go. A little All bit right. Of food. So you've got some good stuff for us tonight. I do. Um, my husband and I had several times, and you've had the pleasure of going to a haunted house that's now a restaurant called the Brentwood. Um, it's also called Brentwood Beach. In the town of Little River, South Carolina, and it's actually a historical Victorian-style house that has been moved a few times. Uh, no, one or I know of once. Sorry, it's been moved at least once that I know of, but only moved about two or three blocks from its original place. And it's on the National Registry of you know historic houses because. Not only did local leaders and their families, the Corsleys, live there, but it was also a um, a uh, bed and breakfast kind of thing. Um, you know, back in the you know early 1900s and so on. But before that, it was actually a hospital during the Civil War. 
So a lot has happened with uh, uh, the Brentwood and I've heard a lot of stories and I've seen a lot of stuff being there. I've done ghost and gourmet events there. So I narrowed it down to three incidences that are feed that, that fit well with what we're doing tonight. And the first one is a story that the owner tells a lot about the upstairs bathroom. It's a one seater, men and women. And at random, the owner himself and his or his wife or staff and unfortunately dinner guests for the because now it's a restaurant, get stuck in that bathroom. The door will not open at random people on the other you can hear you know the, the owner tells the story you know guests get stuck in there or staff gets stuck in there and everybody bangs on the door and everybody shakes the door and they try to guess you know is the humidity up right now or is you know is it swelling in its frame no no everything's normal super dry it has been dry for days and days middle of winter it's cold all conditions, it suddenly will lock. And then at random, somebody's shaking the door, it'll pop open for not knowing. Now, what's interesting is while you're in the bathroom, people that are sitting there waiting for the people on the outside to let them out have reported something touching them, almost always on their neck, like a, a brush. And they have heard a woman's voice talking to them. And it almost always sounds like somebody clearing their throat, like they're feeling impatient, <clears throat> that kind of thing. It's not a soft noise. It's very clearly a human female clearing their voice. The attachment to that is Mrs. Corsley, who used to run it as a men's um, boarding house. She would get impatient when they would spend too much time in the only um, water closet in the whole building the residents there and she would go by the door when they were in there too long and <clears throat> oh, oh he froze up make when you were too long in the water closet so oh. it fits per so yeah you get locked in there too long she's going to come and cough at you <laughs> and she does and, and she still does now another story was during a ghost and gourmet event that we had. And right before, it was a huge one. It had like 30 or 40 people at it. And some of my friends were participants at the time. Two of them, before it even started, we were all in the downstairs with immediately right beside a main chimney stack right up the middle of this two and a half story building, the half story being the attic that's not open to the public. And I'll talk more about that chimney in just a minute. But this bathroom is immediately beside it, letting people have their hors d'oeuvres and check in and find their spot at the table. It takes about half an hour to let that many people settle in. Several minutes apart, two different friends who did not know each other told me, came up all excited and she went to the ladies' bathroom that we just talked about. It too is a one-seater. You're in there by yourself. She went in, turned around, closed the door, turned back around, and the tiny little waste basket, waste, just little wicker basket 
that was over by the toilet was now in the middle of the room. She did not hear anything. She walked in, everything, you know, the floor was wide open. She turned around, closed the door, turned back around, and there right in front of her is a trash can, a wastebasket. No sound, no mo movement seen. It's just there. And it wasn't, and it's no longer by the toilet. And I said, what'd you do? <laughs> she said, actually, I was okay with it. It was just a little weird. I went to the bathroom and she said, I put the trash can back. <laughs> and I said, well, that was very nice of you. She said, but I wanted to tell you, oh my God, that was weird. And I was like, that's awesome. Thanks for telling me. This is cool. A few minutes later, totally different friend. They don't know each other. They weren't around when they both, when they second lady came up and said, Margo, I got to tell you what just happened. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I did, it happened again. What happened? And the second friend said, was giggling. And she's a very aware person. And she's, you know, she doesn't scare easy. She's very cool. She said, I went, I just went to the ladies room. And I said, really? I said, mm, apparently that's a hot spot right now. And she said, really? Okay, let me tell you what, great. Let me tell you what happened. And I was like, great. She went, she did, went in the restroom, did her thing, walked over to the sink to wash her hands. And without touching it, before she did anything, all she did was walk up to the sink. The water turned on by itself. No, that's a helpful ghost. And it was a helpful ghost. And I started giggling and she started giggling. And I said, and what did you do? She said, I said, thank you. <laughs> Yay, Lydia. Her name was Lydia. The second lady was Lydia. And so, yeah. And I said, that's awesome. And she washed her hands and came out and told me what had happened. Now, if so, only that person would have turned it off for her, too. That, and hand you a towel. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Let it float across the room at you. That would have been too fun. Oh my God. So, do you get any, just off of those two stories, do you get anything? Somebody is very attached to the home and very, very much still in control of it and keeping yeah. tabs on it and making sure that, okay, let's get these people through. We have too many too many people around here there are things to be done and we have better things to do than sit in the bathroom yeah <laughs> along, don't hang out in the bathroom any longer than you have to yeah and i and i think that that's and i don't know what's on in the attic did do you when it was a boarding house did the woman stay in the attic no she's there she stayed on the second floor However, when I've read, when I've done haunted tours through the whole house, the attic is where the ghosts hang out. That's where they stay when there's too much business, restaurant business going on. Oh, wow. That wow. is where they hang out. They're comfortable up there. Well, mm -hmm. I would be good. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, well, it's. No, you wouldn't. It's a dingy, it's a dingy, dark, hot attic. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if I were a ghost and there you was lots of other, there. Like, oh, let me get up here away from the energy, you know. <laughs> Their ghosts tend to come down and play with the staff after hours while they're trying to clean up or before they open. It's really funny. They don't mess with the guests too much, except for that bathroom thing. That's the only time they mess with guests. It's kind of cool. Now, and, the and I mean, because, it's not, because it's a single bathroom and it's isolated. 
that that gives an opportunity to, to be one on one with the with the guests rather than messing with a whole room full of people. Exactly. They seem a little shy. Yeah. Yeah. But they do really, really mess with the staff. They really do. <laughs> in that in that restaurant. Staff can tell you all kinds of cool stories. They're still the last, caretakers of the house though, definitely. Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. They're they they make it clear they feel ownership. That was very intuitive. You you hit it right on the head. They're very, very they're very uh territorial in that house. In that house. Um, the third thing, there's a reason why they have to be territorial. That chimney that I mentioned earlier that goes all the way through the house, they had me do a psychic read feel and actually, you know, get up on that chimney and they told me about stuff that had happened right around the chimney in front of it on both levels. There's a secret um, uh, servant passageway stairway that wraps around the chimney and comes out behind it as well. Um, with a secret door on the on the main stairwell, all kinds of really cool stuff. So, but it's blocked off; it's not used. So, I did a lot of reading. On, similar to the top of the stairwell in the library that you mentioned, but that too is a portal for where there's a lot of traffic between this world and that world. So it makes sense that the resident ghosts in that house are very particular about maintaining that house because apparently humans and other things come traipsing through, <laughs> whether they like it or not. Uh, yeah. 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 That is cool. Oh, Beetlejuice. Tara, Tara said Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> sort of a real, yeah, a real modern day Beetlejuice kind of taking care of business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the two ghosts that wanted the house back and they used Beetlejuice. Yeah, that's a cute movie. You know, there are vortexes and portals that you can um the brick you can move an end of it. Mm -hmm. Like if if uh, I've I've done it for people before where like they'd have one in their house and it seemed like stuff was going through. And yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. I mean, we can't yeah. necessarily make it come or go, but we can say, you can fine, if stuff's coming in, let's put the door over here. <laughs> you can stretch it out. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You can control that. In the case of that, of the Brentwood, the ghost thing, they've been on Haunted America. They've been on National Geographic Haunted House, on and on and on. They're it's part of their signature, so they want the gate get, get ghosts to stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in a private situation, yeah, absolutely. You can move portals over. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. That's good advice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank good. you. Yeah, Thank I thought you. I'd put it out there for anybody else who has, you know, weird do stuff. Do you guys? Yeah, do you guys? Any chance of bringing home something extra, uh, bringing home, home something extra home from one of these ghost tours? That is a real popular question that I have one opinion on. How about you, Iris? Have you dealt oh, with anybody? I, I think it's definitely positive. I mean, I, possible, positive. Possible. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and but it doesn't mean it has to stay with you. I think it usually um, doesn't. It usually doesn't. Yeah. It's just a curiosity thing. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, which I would love to, because that's my sister, I want to tell a story on her. 
because she had the experience of she called me one day and she said ours there's something weird going on in my house she said <laughs> and she said um i have lost and it was a book that she used for bridge and I don't remember the name of it, but it, it it's like just something a player would use. It, ha it has their, they keep scores and information in there and that sort of thing. Nobody else would have any interest in it. And she kept it in a particular drawer in her kitchen. And she said her son wanted to see it for some reason because he plays bridge too. And she said, well, it's in my drawer. You know where it is. And he goes, no, it's not. And it had disappeared, totally disappeared. Mm. So I did a reading and I said, what did you just, you just brought some artwork home. And she said, artwork. I said, something artsy. And she said, yeah, I did. I went to like the local farmer's market and had bought a little, um, uh, puppy dog metal thing put together that goes in the garden. I said, and you brought mm -hmm. it in the house. And she said, yes. She said, I laid it on the table and then I took it outside later. I said, yeah, you got a fairy, <laughs> a fairy that had motivated and inspired the artist really was attached oh. to that piece of work. And you, and when yeah. you picked it up, it was going with it. And it was like, well, Hey, I'll go along for the ride. And then it got there and it hops off and goes woohoo let me look around and it knew you like it your energy was all over that book i said so be nice and ask for it back and my sister called me i don't know maybe a week later and she said i was sitting in the living room which is right next to the kitchen and she heard she had asked for it back and she heard okay. this clanking noise and when she went to check, her book had landed in some bowls that were in a cabinet next to the drawers where the book should have been put in the drawers. It evidently yeah. the fairy missed when it brought it back. <laughs> yeah, just got it out there. And so, <laughs> so it's like, yes, we do believe. We do believe. <laughs> we have to Come on, Tinkerbell. <laughs> I do believe. I do believe. So I think sort of the same thing with with the ghost thing. I think sometimes if they're interested in somebody or they pick up an energy mm -hmm. or see, in essence, an open door, somebody who's receptive mm -hmm. or yeah, or who it's more intense. Yeah, the activity yeah. goes up. Yeah, yeah. And so they go, okay, let's go home and see what's going on. And then they get there and they go, oh, okay, well, go back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a curiosity reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of. So Angie, Angie mentions she grew up in a haunted house where a shadow person would stalk her and stand over her bed. My siblings could see it standing over my bed, ages two through 11. LOL, the house was built in 1905. Very interesting. Yeah. I was visiting her as a child. And I think Iris has a story for us relative to that about uh, sh shadowy people coming to visit. Mm -hmm. But Angie, I, it doesn't seem like these, uh, the vibe on your shadow people 
that you're talking about, I'm just calling them shadow people, um, your shadow person, it, it, it's, it sounds like a caretaker type energy, not that they were feeling particularly possessive or, or, or experimental towards you in any negative sense. It's more of that they felt like watchful and caretaking to the point that they would let other children in the house actually see them because I'm sure they would, they would like the help <laughs> in the 3D world for their intention of keeping you safe. Well, and because I had multiple experiences with shadow people through the years and typically they are a lesser evolved spiritual entity and mm -hmm. they're attracted to children and I, I'm, I'm writing a book and one of the chapters is called like a moth to a flame <laughs> and, yeah. and it's because they children carry very pure energy the yeah. light and the energy and they're like they shadow people can also be ma manipulated by other people but just like they can be manipulated you can also instruct them to not be around they're and it doesn't matter. If, yeah, Nanji, it doesn't matter if they don't speak. You can still control and tell them what to do. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but they're they're just curious. That's their. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. a basic drive everywhere in the universe. Yeah. So, Iris, tell us more about visitations on your daughter. Ah, uh, yes. Well. Um, I'm going to read a little bit that I've written. I'm working on this book. I've been working on this book forever, um, but it, it, I am determined to get it done because, and I'm almost there, but in this chapter, um, like a moth to a flame, <clears throat> all right, uh, my daughter began talking about the man under her bed when she was two and a half years old. Her sleeping patterns changed. She didn't want to go to sleep, and when she did, she'd wake up within an hour. My husband and I tried all the ways we could think of to get her to sleep. Warm baths, calming down before bed, reading stories, sitting with her, laying with her, sitting by her door, night lights, no lights, scolding, loving, nothing worked. She wanted us with her every moment and she fought going to sleep. You're such a big girl now, we said. Why don't you want to go to sleep? I'm scared, she said. Why are you scared? You haven't been scared before. There's a man under my bed. We crawled on the floor and looked under the bed while she peered from above. See, there's no one under your bed. Do you want us to check the closet? She nodded. The closet was at the foot of her bed, and she could clearly see inside when we opened the door. There's nothing in there to be afraid of either. Her eyes would search around the room, and though she agreed with us, the fear remained like a haze in the air. My husband and I took turns going through the routines, trying new ideas, and when she would finally doze off, we tiptoed out of the room. Some nights were quiet, but often she came into the den where we were watching television. She would wipe her eyes sleepily, sometimes in tears. Why are you up? The man under my bed. One Saturday morning, we were cleaning the house. I was changing sheets and gathering laundry. My husband was helping my daughter pick up toys in her room and reached under the bed to grab a stuffed animal that had gone astray. If that man under her bed is going to wake her up, the least he could do is retrieve her toys when he comes out, I said. My husband chuckled. Suddenly, I had an idea. Have you 
ever seen mommy and daddy's wedding album? I asked my daughter. No. Do you want to see the pictures? She smiled and nodded. The photo album had been stuck in a closet since we moved into my husband's childhood home the previous year. We never had reason to get it out, and I knew my daughter had never seen the pictures. We sat down together, and I opened the book. The standard pictures of us before, during, and after the wedding lined the pages. There's Mommy, she said, pointing to me. She recognized her father in another photo and knew the minister of the church we still attended. She identified various relatives and was curious with each turn of the page. Who's that, I asked, pointing to my husband's father. That's the man under my bed, she exclaimed. Really, I was stunned. I pointed to another picture of my father-in-law. Is that the man too? Yes. She seemed so happy that we finally identified him. Her grandfather had died from lung cancer before she was born. In fact, he died in the bathroom across the hall from her bedroom. His death, though not unexpected, was sudden. A blood vessel burst in his lung and he literally bled to death. He was... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so... He was still in that house. He was still in that house. And he, was, and he had followed her he, since she was born. We were aware that he was around. And at one point we had said, this is cool. We're glad you're watching. But, you know, can you tone it down a little bit? And, <laughs> but yeah, then when she got to converse with him, he was right back. And then we were in the house. And I saw him walk through one time. I I thought it was my husband walking through because he was outside doing something to the car. Right. And I was in the kitchen and the kitchen kind of had an L shape to it. And you could walk straight through the kitchen from the living room to the den. Okay. And I said, and I started yelling my husband's name because I wanted to catch him and ask him something. And he didn't respond. And he and his dad were about the same height. Yeah. And I I'm like, where? And I yelled outside. I said, are you still outside? And he said, yeah. And I went, geez, your dad just walked through here. <laughs> Freaking us out. <laughs> End up with that horror movie. Uh, I was like, but he, you know, he, he, would, he, he, he was there and we knew it. And... Damn it, your dad gave me the slip again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Family resemblance foiled again. <laughs> that so, is really cool. Yeah, yeah. The energy is very strong. That uh, obviously, Grandpa wanted to participate um, in his family, and he really, really enjoyed uh, spending time with your daughter because they're showing me that her energy reminded him of two things. One some of the parts of fatherhood that he really enjoyed was dealing with infant children versus the ones that walk and talk and, and tell, you no. <laughs> it was her being small. And the fact that she was intimidated, she really didn't talk or do anything. She just you know, hung way back. So it was, it was pleasant for him to an extent, um, but apparently enough. And the other thing that he's actually communicating at the moment is that her energy reminded him of his his wife, his his love, and you know, obviously she's a descendant of that woman too, but her energy was real similar to the <gasps> sweet, sweet innocent energy of his wife. Yeah. Does this that that's, yes. that tells you something? 
Yeah, no, and I, I was thinking they share a birthday, but they don't. No, it's my granddaughter that shares a birthday with his wife. Um, but yeah, yeah. But uh, and he froze up again. Enjoyed that. He enjoyed that very oh. much. Um, and he's they're showing me he's still at that house. He hasn't left yet. Which you know he can come and go and visit, but they're showing me he still visits that house. Wow. So if somebody wow. lives there, shit's happening to them that they ain't talking about. <laughs> he might be very pleasant. We don't know. It looks like it's not anything. Yeah, he you know, wasn't malicious. He was mischievous. Yeah, he, usually, yeah. he was mischievous. Yeah. He wasn't malicious by yeah. any means. And he died. They're showing me the people are there. They, they appreciate him. Whoever he is, whoever's there. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I have to tell his son about that because we're not married anymore. But you know, if we're you, yeah, you can communicate that. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's yeah. very cool. That's right. Or tell her your daughter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and with both our kids, that's one of the reasons I'm writing a book because I started when I was a kid having experiences, and then my kids, and I'm trying to write it from here. Are these stories, and then what do you do about it as a parent? And how oh. do you work with children and yes, and acknowledge the fear and the and and let them have some control in their lives as well? So absolutely. We'll let you know when the book is ready. <laughs> Wonderful advice. And we appreciate you writing that kind of thing. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Absolutely. Does anybody else have any questions or comments or want us to look at anything about what was going on and something you know about? Iris, there is a presence with you now. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm just not tuned into it because I'm. Because um, you're focusing on your work at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not surprised. I've never. I, Randy, I agree with you entirely because, quite frankly, I've never seen Iris alone. <laughs> Let's just be frank about it. She almost always has, similar to me, but she always, always has, some, has an entourage going on. But one or two will come up and kind of participate in their own energetic way. And it helps to know who I'm talking to, Iris or the one beside her. <laughs> yeah, the one right over her shoulder. But yeah, Randy, Iris is almost... Uh, su or supernatural host with her. Um, I haven't ever told her that, so I'm not sure if she's aware. Well, okay, yeah, she is. There's, yeah, but and 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 I, I, you know, I feel it sometimes. I, I and I know sure. my angels are always there, sure. especially when I call. Mm -hmm. You know, they're bam, and I'm aware of, but but nobody. I think they've all been told enough. Do not scare me. Do not startle me. You know, I don't mind if you're they just. Know the rules. Yes. <laughs> I have laid them out many times. I don't like being smart. I love, you know, if you want to chat. They like that. They like it when we give them parameters because it gives them structure for how to communicate with us clearly without accidentally triggering us, which is a distraction from whatever truth they're trying to share. 
So yeah, yeah, they love it when you tell them, yeah, don't startle me. Don't scare me. Don't terrorize my kids' backs. And then stop making my dog bark <laughs> all night long. Yes. <laughs> and know. sometimes at night I'm aware of it, especially when, when my head's calmer and I'm trying to go to sleep. Yes, there's I'll less see input. I'll something move or, you know, and I'm like, who's there and what do you want? <laughs> Uh, you know, or I'll be thinking something and I know they're reacting to what I, and I'm like, I know, I know, don't, you know, and, and they're always on me about this book. So, uh, let's see, let's take some more questions here. While you were talking, I was looking over, didn't, um, but Deborah's saying something a, a little bit. <laughs> Deborah says, darn, and I spent the night at her house many times and didn't know hotels for me in the future. Well, avoid the O'Henry <laughs> hotel. <laughs> And guess what, Deborah? When I visit you, they come with me. <laughs> but they're not going to bother you, Deborah. They're for Iris only. <laughs> Just for her. You're clear. You're clear. And Randy is a scary type smile. That's kind of. <laughs> He's saying your face changes just a little bit and he sees an overlay of energy. And it, it, well, yeah, what's scary to one person is amusing to another. So True. we'd probably have to get Randy to draw a picture of that. <laughs> now look right above that. Janine says, what does it mean if you see an apparition and they don't move around, they don't move around or try to communicate? Maybe not so much of a question. Um, what does it mean if you see an apparition and they don't move around to try to communicate? Generally speaking, when an apparition isn't very active or interactive with you, they're not aware of you either there's multiple dimensions existing simultaneously just sort of to give you a background for this and what your for lack of a for lack of a 30 minute explanation i'm going to i'm going to abbreviate a little bit sometimes the dimensions um, overlap just a little instead of completely overlapping and they'll touch on each other just a little bit sort of like a Something I've mentioned before, membrane theory explains it in scientific terms. And so they're only touching in for just a second. So they're not, you may be aware of them, but they may not be aware of you. Therefore, they're not going to react to you. That's one explanation. Um, another one, that is the message. The fact that they're not speaking and not moving, that's actually part of what they're trying to convey something about that stillness, something about that quietness relative to whatever message or uh, need that they're trying to uh, communicate with you. So your intuition under both circumstances tells you which one applies. I, I will add to that sometimes, like you know how there's, there's famous ghosts like the woman that comes down the stairs or you know, the person looking out the window or the person on the balcony. Those a Brilliant lot of got times, all of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those are typically energetic imprints. Mm. It's like a frozen moment in time. Something yeah. happened. They left so much energy there. It's, it's like when you turn the TV not. off, especially in the old days when the TVs had to warm up and you turn them off and you could still see the images there. Ghost, yeah. mm -hmm. It's the same. Yeah, it's, it's energy. So what else? It's an got? energetic impression, right? Uh, um, 
Tara says right, and then they are having fun. They are having fun too. Yes, lots of times apparitions are having fun with us too. And then Janine went on to say, I have an experience where I was walking down my hallway towards the bedroom and directly across the room from the bedroom door is the closet. As I was walking down the hallway, I saw my paternal grandparents standing there and I froze, hair standing on end. Yes, <laughs> because they both passed, had already passed, but I could see through them. She experienced them as transparent. That's quintessential ghosties checking in on their descendants. Yeah. But Iris, what do you, what, how would, can you visit the scene there a little bit for Janine? I, I think that it was just, they were looking around and they, they weren't necessarily trying to be seen, but the energy was just right. Um, and, and there's no, um, I don't think that they were necessarily intentional in their actions. It was just, Let's go take a look and pop in and see what's going on. And then, and I think they, the yeah, and, and it just, I, 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 I don't get that there was necessarily any kind of message and huh. then maybe as quick as right. you were aware of it, they were aware of it. And it was like, whoops, and off they went. <laughs> yeah. It bothers them when they scare us. They, they don't want to scare us. That's not their intention. And that upsets them. Um, yeah. So they'll either show up more subtly next time or they won't show up again, um, depending on what they choose and or what you choose as well that they can detect. So, yeah, they don't they don't try to scare you and that freaks them out. <laughs> so, Janine, they understood entirely that, that was not appropriate <laughs> at that time. So Randy, Randy says New Orleans and I'm not sure New Orleans is haunted to the hilt every single square inch of it is um i'm not sure randy i'm sorry i don't understand why you said new orleans or if that's a question but um cedric says experience any graveyard hauntings now you used to do invest paranormal investigations iris uh, yeah oh they did leave okay and uh, uh, no confirmation yeah. there yeah um uh, yeah janine said they left suddenly and i accidentally hit her comment instead of cedric sorry about that it moved on me <laughs> but right. um uh they disappeared it, as i walked closer yeah yeah uh but cedric on the graveyard hauntings yeah you know, that was a popular pastime that it was like everybody assumed we'll get stuff in the graveyard not necessarily. Not that much. Uh -uh. They don't like hanging around the graveyard. Thank First you. of all, there's no live people in the graveyard. There's no real energy in the graveyard. There's nothing to attract them. What is in the graveyard is the energy of the people who have the living grieved. People. The living people's energy. There's a lot of grief in the graveyard. Or people that are up to nefarious events. Yeah. You don't want in a graveyard, but yeah, the, their energy can give you the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I think it's because of them that some entities are attracted. You know, if there's somebody doing something 
nefarious and not, you know, then you're going to have some of the more less positive, negative energy attracted into um, the graveyard. Well, like attracts like. Yeah. Yeah, like attracts like. Yeah. And so, yeah. so it's, it's interesting because a lot of people, I love going to graveyards. I mean, I find They're it actually calming. quite peaceful. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very. Yeah. Very peaceful. Very peaceful. It's very peaceful. Um, very cool. Randy said he saw a lady ghost in my picture. Randy, what picture are you talking about? Or Iris, do you know what he's talking about? No. <laughs> we'll we'll see if Randy will. All right, we'll see if Randy will clarify for us. Angie says, my garage used to be part of a funeral home, and it was active for a while, and it's very old. They built coffins in it, and that was very many years ago. <laughs> They're building coffins. They used to build coffins in there. That's actually an act of compassion as well as industry. So... Yeah, you're probably going to see a lot of that kind of energy coming out of that. But that's that's a pretty cool uh, feature to have. Nice. Let yeah. us know if something else happens in there. That'd be very cool. I went on a date. Andy says the place was closed. Yeah, yeah, he lived in the in the funeral home. So we went back to his place and I got the grand tour. And I was like, this is so cool. Oh. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> Was that a first date? Was the I tour of the first date? Years and, and then we went out on a right. date. So yeah. Good. That would have yeah. been a little weird. <laughs> the place was closed and no one was there. Battleground area is haunted area. Absolutely. Battleground's extremely haunted. Um, especially if you walk out in the park uh, on some of the battleground. I do have a quick story. If you're empathic to that, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, Battleground Battleground Park is creepy at night. Cedric knows this, too. Very cool. And in the hotel, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I knew of a yeah. woman that... Um, soldiers everywhere. Yeah. Battle soldiers. guns. And, and soldiers, be, nurses. Yeah, there's a park. Yeah, there's militia. A park there where they hear horses and cavalry and gunshots. That's right. But yeah, again, that's cavalry and gunshots with horses. That's it. Oh, good. That's a good. Thank you. That's a good example of the energy imprint. Yeah. Cool. And if you can hear and see all that good stuff, you're well on the way to developing your intuition to really cool levels. So thanks yeah. for sharing us that you guys are aware of this stuff too. Yeah. Very um, cool. Very yeah. cool. So, so um, we're, we're up to 1030. Yes. Holy cow. <laughs> but, but we, we love answering you guys' questions and hearing your story. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yes. And um, I'll put the lo the links to Spotify and to um, iTunes on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes of indigo. Um, we appreciate y'all hanging with us uh, tonight and staying, you know, a little bit longer. Uh, actually, I've heard comment that maybe we should consider making our podcasts a little bit longer. Um, if you've got opinions on that, leave them on our page or contact yeah. us, let us know. Yeah. Um, but uh, we appreciate it. And next week we're doing the podcast on, uh, wait, wait, I got, I, I'm going to get it. It it's is. It's got to somewhere. 
Is that the um, spelling? Is that yeah, spelling? Thank you, spelling? Thank you. Good. Yeah. The spelling. Um, and it's it that's you really, don't know. Generally, general public doesn't realize how many spells you are casting every day. And we're going to talk about how you do that and why and what some of them are. Yes. <laughs> and what and how they and, and what they can do. And, the and, and right. The purpose of them. Absolutely. So that'll be fun. And there's historical stuff and everything. So we look forward to that one. <laughs> Yay. So till then. We'll, we'll see you next week at 9 30 and um thank happy you for halloween. yes happy halloween happy, or happy TV. holiday or happy Samhain or happy day of the dead uh you know the dias de, de los muertos yes. in espanol we'll see. <laughs> yes. so celebrations of life and death and transition yes namaste thank guys you. thank namaste. you miss iris thank you so much Thank you for joining us for The Eyes of Indigo with Iris Carter and Margaret Ross Sears. Music is Arcadia by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons. You can find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Eyes of Indigo. Copyright 2020, Iris Carter and Margaret Ross Sears.